You're listening to the program Youth Assembly on Click Niger Internet Radio, a conversation amongst young people about trending, topical, and political issues that concern the youth. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch us live on Click Niger. Hello, it's good to have you right here on Click Niger. The program is Youth Assembly, and my name is Ene Kenyawi. Today, we're talking about the 2.6 billion naira school feeding fraud, uh, transparency of the anti-graft agency in Nigeria. Just recently, the chairman, Independent Corrupt Practices and Other Related Offense Commission, ICPC, Mr. Bolaji Owosanoye disclosed that the sum of 2.6 billion naira paid to some federal colleges, that's unity schools, for school feeding during the COVID-19 lockdown ended up in private bank accounts. Now, the Minister of Education, Mr. Adamu Adamu, has said that his ministry is not involved in the 2.6 billion naira school feeding fraud discovered by the ICPC, the same way the Minister of Humanitarian Affairs, uh, Sadia Farouk, has said her ministry has no link to the alleged fraud. Many concerned Nigerians had questioned the rationale behind the school feeding program during the lockdown as it did not seem feasible when schools across the country were short. Recently, Nigerians were unhappy with the way ICPC handled the information regarding the school feeding funds diverted into personal accounts. Some Nigerians questioned the motive of the anti-graft agency for dropping the information in the public domain without first prosecuting the persons and providing further clarification on how the fraud was done. The focus for discussion on youth assembly today is on the 2.6 billion naira school feeding fraud, transparency of the anti-graft agency in Nigeria. Joining me virtually on the show today are Mr. Busayo Morakio. He is a governance enthusiast. Welcome, Mr. Busayo. Thanks for having me. And we also have Mr. Dae Gaspia. He is a governance and development strategist, peace and security expert, and also a policy and public affairs analyst. Thank you for jo joining us this morning, Mr. Jaye Gaskia. For having Okay. With the, with the findings of the ICPC concerning the 2.6 billion naira school feeding fraud, how significant is the fight against corruption in Nigeria, in your opinion, Mr. Busayo Morakinyo? Yeah, great, great. Um, I, I started with the fact that we have an irresponsibility problem. And let me, maybe I just stick to the irresponsibility from the part of government, where when there's an allegation, the first thing you hear is denial. Nobody wants to take responsibility for the system. And even before investigation, um, everybody's shouting. The ICPC and its brother, the EFCC, you know, thrives on sentimentalism. They're always wanting to break the news without even investigating. And um, but the little I know about the little I know about law, or the little I know about um, the fight against corruption, when when an agency of government saddled with their responsibilities engaging, it goes fully covered. It doesn't even come out until there's hard evidence, right? Now, within less than 24 hours, when the ICPC, ICPC chairman made those allegations, um, the humanitarian ministry came out to say nothing. I mean, we didn't. Uh, this is not under us. I mean, followed by the Minister for um, Education, who comes to say, 
Now, fundamentally, but in the description of what that money was supposed to use, be used for, it didn't say it was going to be a repayment of people owed. It said it was going to be for school fees. So the description of the need for the money in the first place knocks out anything anybody's saying. Somebody must be held responsible, right? And I think one of the first things these guys should have done was to go ahead and investigate. And I think the ICPC was just played, played their normal card, media sens sens sensationalism, just to um, show that they are doing stuff. And, and it's, it's terrible and it's bad for optics. And I don't think, I think that case is already a bad case. Just like the mess we had in the NDDC, nothing is going to come out of this. Okay. Uh, despite the, the campaign against corruption in Nigeria, we see that corruption is still rife. How best do you think anti-graft agencies can monitor or track public funds, uh, Mr. Geskia? Okay, I mean, so uh, uh, I think that the problem, the biggest challenge that we have with the fight against corruption is that um, uh, even though the, the anti-corruption strategy recognizes corruption as a, as a spectrum, uh, nevertheless, we are a lot more focused at the end point of the spectrum, which is uh, we wait until the act has been committed and then we investigate, we now attempt to prosecute. Uh, a serious anti-corruption uh, uh, strategy would also involve you know, uh, measures around prevention, around uh, detecting and nipping in the board. So for example, stre uh, strengthening audit functions across the public sector, uh, making the Office of the Auditor General autonomous and uh, empowering it with staff and making auditors uh, that are seconded to the different MDAs, making them responsible to the Auditor General so that uh, you can have a situation where audit, uh, the audit process can flag uh, at the very beginning, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the inception of what may become, you know, a, a, a corrupt practice. So, I mean, a, 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 an anti-corruption strategy should be a whole of government approach. Uh, it should not just be saddled, you know, uh, uh, to just a few agencies, and then you wait until until the very end. And in this part, this particular case that is being discussed, actually, you know, uh, uh, speaks to the issue. Now, the anti-corruption agencies. In agencies actually have the powers to investigate and to, and to prosecute. They, they can institute cases in court. So, I mean, you wonder why you make such uh, allegations. From, from, what, from what we now know, from what is coming out, it's very, it, it, it is looking more like you can actually establish a case of misappropriation. Uh, and you can also uh, uh, establish a case of abuse of process. Uh, because, for instance, uh, uh, this was meant to be for the uh, COVID-19 palliative, pandemic uh, palliative. And there has been an explanation from there that it was um, uh, the school feeding program for the Unity Schools as a palliative during that period of time. And that the system allowed funds to be transferred into the personal accounts of officers that were responsible. Now, so if the system allowed you know, uh, uh, monies to be to be transferred into personal accounts. That is already a very huge weakness in the system. And so, I mean, like Buzayo said, I mean, people really need to be sanctioned and punished for this. How can the system allow public funds to be paid first 
into private accounts before it is then disbursed. Then the, the case of misappropriation is established, uh, just like uh, Busayo has said. Uh, the money was meant for school fit, for, to feed the kids at home, okay? Not to pay backlog of uh, what you owe contractors. And again, this is that irresponsibility, that impunity, the way in, and manner in which we act, you know, with impunity, because we know the way this is handled from the beginning, alleging uh, it ought to have known, you know, what the situation really was, and it ought to have given us all of those facts. Allowing things to now uh, uh, be this way. Because what you have done is that uh, you are questioning, you are questioning in the minds of ordinary citizens the veracity of the information that you are giving to the public. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Jai. Uh, joining us at this time is Mr. Jide Ojo. He's a development consultant and an author. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Jide Ojo. Okay. Now let's move on. Uh, Good morning, Nigerians. Good morning and welcome. So there's an ongoing investigation on the issue of the school feeding fraud. How do you suggest such investigation is carried out with the culprits brought to book? And what outcome do you expect from such investigation, Mr. Speaking, speaking to well, uh, it's uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking directly, speaking directly to the question you've asked. One, one would, one would, uh, and and sincerely, there's a reason why, there's a reason why we have governance and we have systems and processes. I, 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 I want to see people go settle disputes in court. I want to see the government who has that that political political mandate, you know, to go to court. If you feel that people misappropriated, I mean, enough of this um, sentimentalism we have everywhere. You're just trying to get people excited, and it doesn't work. You know, it, it weakens the fight against corruption drastically. I want to, if, if the EFCC, if, if the, sorry, if the ICPC um, came on that, that broadcast and say, we have, we have charged XYZ people to court, that yeah. would have been a better, a better perspective. More, yeah. more Nigerians, yeah. more people in the development space, and more people who are engaging with government would be more excited. Then we move to the court and follow through the court process and ensure that justice is served on anybody who is culpable. You understand? And, and let me... Look at the psychological effects of these things, right? Now, this was a time when the country was shut down totally. Nobody's fault. It was COVID-19. Some of us, Connected Development, followed the money, started what we call follow COVID-19 money. Now, we had seen various infractions at various points from palliative, you know, to the distribution of um, cash by hand to the poor. We were screaming on the top of our voices back to back about these issues. Just for the ICPs to come and tell us two point something billion was transferred to personal. What do you, we're trying to say that the citizens do not trust government. Some people do not believe COVID-19 happened. Some people believe that the government just wanted to loot money. 
Now, you have gone ahead to establish in the minds of these same Nigerians who are trying to build trust with, you know, that COVID-19 was just a channel for people to steal. Now, so fundamentally, you've taken the fight of corruption or the perception of the fight of corruption backwards. Because what it just shows is, if the government institution who preaches the fight against corruption now and then are the ones embroiled in the same, you know, mismanagement, misappropriation of funds, then what's the hope? Citizens should go and sit down and everybody should stop making noise about the fight for, against corruption, right? So for me personally, I think that, that, that we have abused processes, we have abused systems, and for us to gain that critical trust of the masses or the active citizens, we have to go back to these systems, go back to courts. The ICPC should have, this is almost three weeks after the allegation, we don't have any court processes served on anybody. Who are we deceiving for God's sake? We're going to talk about this issue today, like we've talked about so many issues, and nothing is going to change. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Busayo. Uh, Mr. Jide Ojo, a recent report from the ICPC suggests that acts of impunity and corruption are rampant in the public sector. How do you think this can be tackled headlong? Mr. Jide Ojo. Sister, I'm responding to you now. Okay. The, the problem is we have institutions that people do not trust. A panelist that, for instance, we have institutions that are supposed to fight corruption, like ICPC, FCC, uh, of even the Nigerian police. Perfect release to the public is actually very factual of alert that um, this uh, school feeding program. Uh, somebody was talking about um, uh, prosecution. Ironically, the damage has been done. If you read mm. the report, Particularly the clarification uh, that the 2.5 billion that was in personal account of one of the officials, uh, that the official in that when the, when the uh, that's why such funds should never have been in because uh, uh, with Minister of Humanitarian Affairs and uh, Social Development needs, because the homegrown school, the school feeding program of the Unity School, Unity Schools are under the Federal Minister of Education, if my memory serves me right. And why I don't know which, it's not like uh, this is a special intervention, uh, intervention program. To the best of my knowledge, the homegrown school feeding program is not up to secondary school. It is only limited to primary one to three. And even at that, when, when, when government said people will be fed from home during COVID-19, a lot of us said objected to it. I actually an article where I reviewed the president's speech that the president should not 
allow the children to be fed while the lockdown persists. They can, whatever you want to do, let the students come back to, to school. 2.5 billion in private accounts. Now the person whose money that was lost is, unless you are going to, so we should look at who, whoever authorized that money to be moved into that private account should first be queried uh, whether by the presidency, because I don't know whether the minister is involved. Mr. Busayo, but I can hear you. Mr. Busayo, what would you uh, like to okay. add that there's an ongoing investigation on the issue of uh, the school feeding fraud, which how would you like suggest investigation is carried out with the culprits brought to book and what outcome do you expect from such investigation? What you're trying to what you're trying to tell me to do is to is to give hope where I don't think there's hope, right? And, and I'm not I'm not I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to be a part of that, Cynthia. Now we know what is supposed to be done, right? We know what is supposed to be done. It has not been done, just like Mr. Jay Garcia said. I mean, the case is the case is a bad case from the beginning. It's a terrible case from the beginning, right? Now, so. I, I would expect them to go to court, but I'm not expecting anything much. Mr. Gideon Joe just told us, you know, that the, the person's account, the money was lodged in is dead. I, I mean, I'm hearing this for the first time. You know, prosecuted. The person who authorized that payment should be prosecuted. See, see you, when it, comes to public, when it comes to public funds, right? Public funds is not something that should be just, you know, if you if you spend out if you these are very terrible offenses that could lead to an impeachment or even an imprisonment you know and you, you want to also ask about our, our our judicial system you know i have i have various colleagues various sister organizations that have had massive injunctions against the government and none of it was obeyed so when when we have a system where almost nothing works, right? Let me not, let me not, um, you know, share my frustrations to your, your teaming listeners, but I think <laughs> Mr. Jay Garcia, who is more advanced in the space than I, you know, can be able to share some perspectives. Okay, Mr. Jay Garcia, what do you think the ICPC should have done differently to avoid the speculations and rumors that trailed that revelation? I mean, the, the very first thing it ought to have done was to have done a, 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 a much uh, a, a proper and detailed investigation. Uh, it also ought to have had its facts correct, the, all the elements of the facts correct, uh, uh, before coming public. And if it was going to come public before then, it ought to have said that, it, that there is an emerging case and that we are investigating it and that these are the likely, you know, uh, uh, parameters of that case. Uh, but by simply coming out and playing to the gallery, remember that this was said at a public forum. The ICPC chairman made this statement at a, uh, a, a, a public forum. So he was obviously playing to the gallery, uh, trying to impress that they are doing uh, work and that, uh, in fact, they have just recently found something else. I mean, and you are doing that, going to the public space without, uh, you know, all, all your facts, uh, 
and this is usually why cases are lost because you, you, it's possible to go to court on the basis of what you have alleged and then technically uh, the, the case is going to be dismissed because what you have alleged and you have asked the court to punish uh, is not what has happened and the court is not going to grant you know what you did not request for so usually that that's part of the challenge when cases go to court and then court as, uh, sometimes the court dismisses some of these things. It is for lack of adequate uh, you know, investigation and uh, lack of professionalism on the part of these uh, agencies. So, you know, Jide uh, uh, was saying earlier that it, what we are actually seeing is a systemic failure, uh, which, which, is, which, which is, you know, a manifestation of institutional uh, decay. Uh, you are seeing a situation where along the line and along the chain, let us assume that this was a serious government. So the, 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 the revelation was made at a public forum where senior government officials were present. Uh, you would expect that the very next day, the government will immediately respond to that as a government, not ministry, not department, not anything, as a government and order an investigation. Because look, it is the whole of government. The Ministry of Education is a part and parcel of the government. The special intervention facility for this is, is being run by, you know, by a department of government. And so it is part of government. So government ought to have done that and simply said, okay, we are doing it. Now, three weeks after that, you are now doing the investigation. You know, you are now doing the investigation three weeks after that. And in setting up the investigation committee, there is no time frame. There is no time limit. You just say, you just consider the, the uh, investigation committee and you told the officials, you now said the officials are going to, you know, cooperate with uh, and collaborate with the SCPC officials and uh, end of story. So how long, what is the time frame for this? When do we expect indictments? When do we expect a report? And so on and so forth. I mean, these are the things that would build confidence in the minds of citizens. These are the things that would help to let citizens know that you are serious about the fight against corruption. But when you are going this way, you are simply reinforcing, you know, the lack of confidence and the lack of trust in government institutions by the citizens. So they say, oh, this one just came out like that. Uh, they will soon cover it up the way they have been covering up other things. Because let's be clear, this is not the first time things have been revealed. Uh, investigations have been uh, ordered, and then we have not seen the end of the investigation. But clearly, mm -hmm. there's a systemic failure. From what, um, from what we know in the public domain, you are saying, uh, principals of uh, the 104 unity schools are saying that uh, part of the challenge is that uh, the, the farmers and the vendors, they don't yeah. have a TIN, uh, tax certification number, they don't have this, they don't have that. That is why you pay into private accounts and it can be disbursed to them. Now, so it will be disbursed to them how? By hand. The same thing that we, we said, and you've been doing this process for how many years now, three, four years, the homegrown school feeding uh, program. You've been doing it for four, for, uh, for four years now. And my, my problem is, if you are going to do a special intervention, why take it to a different department? Why not to the, to the agency that you have already established, that is already handling this, that yeah. has systems in place to make this happen? Okay, so uh, Mr. Busaya, with the recent report of the 2.6 billion Naira school feeding fund uncovered in private accounts, how do you ask, uh, assess the performance of anti-graft agencies during this administration?
That's, I mean, that's a tough question. For me, I'll just leave. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very tough question. You know, um, see, I, I'm big on perceptions. I'm big on perceptions. Now, even if I go back, even if I go back to um, just yesterday, the EFCC um, published that it has been able to recover 10 billion or 11 billion or so, you know, and had persecutions. If I want to be critical, right, to, to a government institution that needs, you know, that needs to be hyped and needs to be pumped, you know, they'll say they've made progress. But to me, someone like me, who, and, and I come from a perspective of a whole lot of young people and, you know, hard to reach community who just listens to the news, who do not know about the runnings of government. You know, it, 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 it's just a charade. It, it's, a, it's a macabre dance. It's a dance in the, it's a naked dance in the market. You know, they, in fact, people have started imbibing and embracing corruption. We've heard people say that, <laughs> I mean, they should bring back corruption. You know, mm. and that's, that's how citizens would react because we've not seen anything substantial. I'm not talking about you arresting um, Yahoo boys. It's a crime. A crime is a crime. But you, you, we have political criminals. The perception of the same. Just about yesterday or two days ago, Premium Times published um, published a, 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 a an article on the fact that the EFCC has not, you know, gone back to the courts to 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 challenge the 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 um, what is this the senator the senator from Apia State the case. You know, and this was someone who was convicted, you know, and because of technical issues, this person was released, went back to the Senate, they had a party, you know, the senators were happy, they, I mean, went back. Now, why would you want to rate, in terms of perception, you know, the fight against corruption mm. when political criminals, you know, are dancing freely on our streets? And, you know, the people that seem to be arrested are the people who want to call soft targets, you know? When you look at all of these things, you just tell yourself the truth. There's no fight against corruption. We're just making noise. Because if you want to fight corruption, just like what Mr. Jayagaski has said, you have to fix the system. You have to fix the system, for God's sake. You have to fix the system. It is not when the act is done that you begin to, begin to run around. You have to create a system where the acts cannot be perpetrated. We have the BVN, but we have government officials, even during the lockdown, Distributing cash in hand in the 21st century. What are we talking about? You know, I don't know. But to me, it's just, it's just an empty, the fight against corruption is an empty rhetoric. It's baseless. It doesn't have any foundation to stand. And I think we're not yet serious, if you ask me this question. We're not yet serious. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Busayo. Now, quickly, uh, what do you think should be done to address fundamental issues like mismanagement and diversion of public funds by government officials in Nigeria, Mr. Gaskia? I think that very, I mean, the, 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 the short response to your question is that uh, we must begin to punish infractions. Uh, I mean, citizens are doing a lot on their own. We are doing naming, we are shaming. But you see, you are, you are dealing with a ruling class that is incapable of, uh, of feeling shame. So, I mean, if, if, somebody is, uh, if somebody actually tries and rejoices from doing what is wrong, then the only way to correct that is to ensure that the you know, punishments are in place. 
uh, and, uh, we, uh, and that's the only way we can uh, check impunity, you know. Uh, so we have a situation where we allow the loopholes, okay? And then uh, people get caught in the loopholes and they are patted on the back and they are left, you know, to go and we make all of this, you know, uh, charity. So I think punishment is important. Punishment is very important. We need to have punishment at every line across the spectrum. Uh, if audit, if, for example, in an MDA, uh, for public funds, uh, you are supposed to be doing a quarterly audit reports, and there are no audit reports. People should be punished. Now, if you do the audit reports and infractions are flagged, people should be punished. You know, we, the, 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 the National Assembly gets the report of the Auditor General. You know, uh, every year they discuss it. Uh, they invite back the agencies that, uh, that have infractions against them or queries against them. And they do it as if it's simply uh, a get together. Just they are standing with you on, uh, on, on certain cases of infractions against it in the Auditor General report why would you then appropriate funds for the next year for such an agency if the agency has not yet accounted for what it is it, been said to do so if we don't have this kind of systems and punishments in place we are going to have the situation where you know people know they can get away with it and so they will get away with it and do you know why all of this is why public funds are very easy to steal in nigeria if you look at it you you, you it is not unconnected with the the with the uh, problem that we now have now, the fact that uh, many of the agencies, revenue generating agencies, are not even remitting their operating surpluses to go uh, to government, uh, you know, contrary to section 162 of the constitution, contrary to section 22 of the uh, uh, fiscal responsibility act, you know, they keep everything that they have generated, and so when you keep those kind of surpluses, who accounts for it? And so people can steal, and steal with impunity. And that's the challenge. So we need to plug all of these leakages. Uh, thanks for being with us on the show today, talking about the 2.6 billion Naira school feeding fraud, transparency of anti-graft agencies in Nigeria. Thanks for being with us on the show, Mr. Jaye Gaskia, uh, governance Thank and you. development strategist, peace and security expert, and also a policy and public affairs analyst. Thank you so much, Mr. Gaskia. Thank you for having me. And Mr. Busaya Morakin, your uh, governance enthusiast. Thanks for being with us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And in the course of the show, we also had Mr. Jide Ojo, a development consultant and author. Thanks so much for being with us on the show. The, the program is Youth Assembly right here on Click Niger. Thank you. My name is Ene Kenyawe, and I'm produced by Asma Usani, supervised by Ehi Ohiani. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you another day. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. You can drop your comments and suggestion and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ClickNiger. We're also on Twitter at ClickNiger1.